0: I'm Ira Joy and welcome to On Courage, a podcast that explores a fundamental virtue for each one of us, no matter our backgrounds, experiences, and perspectives. After a career setback, I wrestled deeply with self-doubt and fear, eventually realizing that in order to rebuild my confidence, I had to start by rediscovering my courage. I've been reading books and listening to experts, but I figured I needed to be surrounding myself with courageous people too. And that's why I'm here with you as you listen today, hopefully on board my mission to learn from creative people who have harnessed the power of courage to find success in their careers and fulfilment in their lives. This is a podcast on courage. For all those who, like me, long to grow a little more courageous each and every day. Today's guest is Christy Flora. She's the owner of Floor & Order, a business that's all about helping people better manage their time using a heart-centered approach. It was great to chat with Christy and learn more about her leap of faith from the traditional nine-to-five working life into entrepreneurship. She has so many great nuggets of wisdom about being receptive to the signs around you, learning to listen to your body, managing overwhelm, and just trying new things on your way to living the life that you desire. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Christy, welcome to the Encourage podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I might kickstart by asking you to introduce yourself, just a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Great. Uh, yes, well, my name is Christy Flora, and essentially I'm on a mission to eliminate overwhelm. So I'm a holistic time trainer, and I give people tools and techniques to find more space, success and enjoyment in their every day. So I'm very much about heart-centered time management rather than push, push, squeeze every second out of every day time management.
0: And I'm sure we'll get into the uh, nuts and bolts of you know your work and, and what you do, but I might get you to think a little bit further back. When you think about your childhood and even your adolescence, were there any significant moments or experiences that first ignited your passion for the kind of things you're doing now
1: Mm.
0: well essentially
1: um, my my parents were diplomats so we were traveling the world when i was younger and packing up house every three to four years so organizing was just part of how i grounded in the new country how i felt okay about the move and how I settled into stuff uh, so from there it was just like every house was different every situation was different and so it was playing with the space and having fun with that and I really got a lot of joy out of that and I suppose like an element of control uh, feeling like okay I have control over this so from, from that, my childhood of moving around so much and um, I think I, from that I also developed a bit of a minimalist attitude about, about things but also about time and what I wanted to concentrate on. Um, and from that, uh, Floor and Order was a, originally a um, house organising business. So I took that passion of organising things to... Um, into the business and then was helping people in the house to organize that to organize things and then once i um realized after some years that organizing things although i love it and it was so much fun and it felt like play as a business it wasn't what i really wanted to focus on so then i started focusing on the time and helping because everything comes back to time so i'd be helping people organize spaces and then they'd be complaining that they didn't have the time to continue with that project so then it was all about finding that time to help them continue with that project so yeah it was all about all about organizing things and also back in childhood like my parents were very big on going to museums and galleries and so I was always interested in people's things and the things that we attach meaning to. Uh, so I think helping people organise things at home, like which is essentially like your personal museum, your personal gallery, uh, that's how that all interrelated. I've always enjoyed things and organising them.
0: I really love that analogy that, yeah, your your home and your belongings are kind of like a museum as well. It's a, a treasure trove mm-hmm. of the things you've collected over time, which is quite beautiful when you think about it that way and, and learning to honour those things and respect those things in the way that you yeah. live. So do you think you were quite um, aware of this as a young person or that's just you yeah, thinking about it now you can kind of um, – define more your your sort of your nature or was it something that you remember being you know I'd imagine you were a very organized student and very you know mm-hmm. um, and, and clean and orderly at home um, but was it something you think you were aware of as a child? I, I don't think I
1: was um, I like it was always a way of being for me it was just kind of who I was and then when I, I was in the Federal Public Service in Canberra, and it wasn't till there that people started saying, like pointing out, like, oh, you, you're really organized, or you fit a lot into your week, or your desk is really organized. Can you help me with that? Or kind of pointing it out. And then someone had said to me, like, uh, your, your ordinary is someone else's extraordinary. So often what we, find, oh, that's just me. This is just how I do things. Uh, someone else is really wishing that they could do that. So that was my ordinary. My ordinary was like, this is how I make sense of the world. This is how I go about doing things. Uh, but for someone else, they were like, oh, I really wish I could do that. Or I wish I could um, organize like that. And I wish my desk looked like that. And so then eventually those sorts of comments started Making me aware of oh this is actually not quite a common thing, um, and gave me the courage I suppose to to package that up into a service.
0: Hmm, that's really yeah. interesting. I think it's that the idea of listening to others. Well, what mm. you said there is just paying attention to how others are responding to you to give you clues mm. about about yourself. So I think that's an important thing to note because perhaps we don't not many people do that a lot like it's interesting when you said to me that you you started hearing these comments and people giving you sort of hints to you know your skills and and your gifts I suppose I just wonder mm-hmm. if in my own life if I if I did that enough or you know what you know what was the motivation to pursue certain pathways so for you um aside from that aside from those people kind of whispering things in your ear what um were some other big influences uh, uh, on your decisions to pursue this path and so especially because you mentioned you worked in federal government so mm-hmm. I'd like to know like first what got you into that um, sector and then what mm-hmm. sort of helped you move and consider entrepreneurship
1: well um, it's hard to package it all up isn't it but essentially when I was when I was younger I wanted to be a vet And then I wasn't very good at maths or science, so then I was like, oh well, can't really get can't really get into that, or it just felt hard. Um, so I kind of went on this sort of spiritual learning of like following leaning into what feels good, what feels easy. Um, you know, what's what are my strengths, what are my um yeah, skills and my talents. Uh, and then I loved the arts so went did an arts degree had visions when I was younger winning an Oscar for screenwriting mm-hmm. um maybe got a bit bogged down in 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 like um the things you hear about you know uh going forth in that kind of career which you, you'd know all about <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then and then um I was in Canberra which is public service capital of Australia, so I <laughs> uh, <laughs> fell into that work and um, and it sounds dramatic, but my soul was dying. My soul was <laughs> absolutely dying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just not happy and um, it was hard to get to work every day mm. and it was hard to slug through it and um, I could see a lot of people around me who could fight against that feeling and push it away push it down Mm. um but i am not one of those people not one of my it's not it's not part of my personality so i really and i encourage my clients as well to think about this too like what feels good what are you feeling what are you what's the what's the um yeah what are you feeling in your body and Mm. if it's not feeling good try something else Try to um, uh, yeah find what makes you happy, mm. and so mm. that was really what pushed me into uh, going to open my own business. So it was it was people giving me these hints, and I was like, oh yeah, okay. And then I came across a newsletter, um, a newspaper article actually, um, about a woman in Sydney who was organising homes, and I was like, oh wow, that's a job, mm. like. Cool. and then it was just this feeling of my soul was dying and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah.
0: I think, yeah, the dramatic part, I, I understand why you could label it that, but I think it's very relatable too. I think a lot of people feel that way in, in the jobs that they land in that perhaps weren't as aligned mm-hmm. to what they really, you know, were passionate about doing. So you know, by that stretch, I think that's, that was a good point of awareness for you. As dramatic as it sounds, Mm -hmm. it was necessary because I think that helped shape, oh shape the next part of your career journey. You know, it it gave Mm -hmm. you enough of an urgency to say, okay, enough, enough is enough. (laughs) I'm going to, Mm -hmm. you know, try something else. And do you think that that's, um, I, I suppose, a big part of your decision? Like that, um, or were you also leaning into the whole following that curiosity and interest about organising? Mm. Or was it more of, you know, I have to get out of here <laughs> and just try it, whatever it is, try something new? <laughs>
1: yeah. I, think, I think the word you use, urgency, is so good because um, it was. And it's some, it's a feeling and a memory I still return to on my hardest days when I'm like, oh, mm this is hard or like you know no no job's perfect no nothing's perfect so it's like on those days when it's hard I can put myself back into that memory and just think no this is still better than that or um, you know that yeah. just that urgency it really was um yeah it was it was a fire that was lit under me that yes. I was just like no I, I want to create impact I want to do it on my terms mm. I'm not looking around me and seeing anyone I want to emulate or I don't want mm. that life. I don't want that, you know, that, yeah, I just don't want to keep doing this. So mm. it really was, it was a real fire and an mm. urgency.
0: And that role, you know, um, working for government and public service, I, I suppose on the outset having that stability and finding a role where there is a bit of esteem attached to it right? Mm -hmm. Um, On the outset, it seems, you know, that you have achieved success. So I wonder how you balance that in terms of, you know, people or um, people assuming that you've you've established yourself in a full-time job, Mm -hmm. you know, in this particular sector where, you know, you're earning a good income and, you know, there's that, as I said, esteem attached to it. How did you Mm -hmm. reconcile that with taking that leap of faith? Out of that world, and therefore, kind of going against what people conventionally see as a successful career.
1: Hmm. Such good questions. Well, f- firstly, f- um, upfront, I should say, you know, public servants and the people I worked with, like, we're doing amazing work, and it's just, I think, it takes such, takes such a um a strong personality I think to be able to do that sort of work when it can so quickly what you're working on gets thrown to the side or it's no longer the priority of the day so um it really does take a strong character to keep going at that Mm. and it's just I I just was not in the right place Mm. um, it's a different type of courage Mm. it was yeah yeah so yeah I have utmost respect for them and, and it was um I saw a lot of people doing great work, but I was just like, I was envious. I was envious of them, that they were, that those who were happy and doing good work um, were, had found their thing. And I just knew that I hadn't. So I think it was, that was part of the leap of faith as well. But I was like, mm. I, I haven't found that thing that light, lights me up here. Where can I go? Where can I find that? And it's interesting so that the amount of people when I was like I'm going to go to Melbourne and like try just try it out for a bit and um and I was very lucky I was able to go at half pay so I was able to kind of like um have a little bit of a lifeboat while I experimented mm-hmm. with the Melbourne living and kind of trying out um, something else, but the amount of people who would say to me like, "Oh, you're only five years off of long service leave," or you know, like, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, are you kidding? Five years? Like, oh my god, I can't imagine another six months." So, um, so yeah, that leap of faith. It was very much. That was also part of why I felt I had to move cities as well. I was just like, mm. I just needed a fresh start everywhere otherwise I'm gonna get sucked back into this because mm. it was very much like a um yeah uh mm. I just I, it's important I think if you're bucking the trend to be around people who are also doing that or who are more open to um doing something different mm. um so, I mean, at first, it was really hard for my parents to, oh, you've given away this really good job, and it's yeah. very secure, yeah. and starting a business, like, it's very much those first few years, there was not not much happening, or there was, like, very small wins, um, and so then there would be the comments of, like, oh, "Well, when, when are you going to you know, get a real job, or go back, or, so there was a lot of that sort of okay I can't hear that or I'm not going to share with you how actually hard this part is because we mm. really need that sort of um chatter yeah. and now I can be more honest with my parents about what it was like but um yeah at the time it was it was about surrounding myself with people who who could support that leap of faith yes um and yes. um yeah, yeah, that no, was tricky, but yeah. So that leap of faith, I did it very gradually. I I had um, some part time jobs while I was building my business, up, finding my feet, and then eventually just cut cut the lifeboats off
0: mm. one by one.
1: And
0: then I was like, here I am. I'm just by myself. Um, yeah. I'd I'd love to explore that more because I I feel that we live in a culture that uh very much heroes success in very you know conventional ways that you know as you said before just having that stability being able to prove to your parents or you know peers or the wider Mm. world that yeah am i i'm going i'm i'm achieving great things because i've locked into the nine to five i i have no financial worries and you know i've got a a good Mm. job title whatever it is so we attach a lot of meaning to those things which you know if they have their own merit it's not to say that they are bad things it's 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 good mm-hmm. to have to be able to um be proud of those kind of successes but i think entrepreneurship's a whole different ball game as you would know and a lot um a lot of that journey isn't really or we don't really talk a lot about the hard parts of that journey um in my mm-hmm. experience i feel we gloss over it and we get to the the success the wins and the achievement so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'd love uh, for you to be if you're happy to be open about um your experiences with failure and mm-hmm. you know what um those hard parts did for you uh, on a personal mm-hmm. level and how you navigated it to uh, go, I guess find that resilience and, and persistence to keep going
1: I think essentially it's it, it was having having a a vision or a feeling of what I wanted and then trying multiple things to try and get there and then um, when one didn't work picking yourself up to try a different way and so mainly it's the the mindset um, as well like to keep going as well as just... Um, you know those human needs of needing needing um, needing money needing money to eat and all that and and like well how much can I can I do this can I actually um, uh, keep for keep going on this on this front when you're um, yeah when your other needs are not being um, met so it can be yeah it was hard back in back in the start uh, just to you know, I, I, my lifestyle in Canberra, it was very different to what I moved to in Melbourne, but it was a very conscious decision of like, well, now I'm going to go to a share house. I'm going to really um, step, like, pull back on um, things that I'd gotten used to buying. Like I went from um, buying new clothes to op shopping, um, mm-hmm. which I ended up really enjoying. I still enjoy to this day, but it was very much a change in um you know, going from, like, a $100 haircut to, like, oh, let's try to find the $25 haircut down Elizabeth Street. Mm. So, like, those those things of, like, well, what can you do to allow this vision to happen in this moment Mm. um, while feeling or believing, like, oh, we are going to get back to what I desire or what I've become comfortable with Mm. in the future. Um, So that mindset was probably a lot of, that's been a lot of my ups and downs, the failures. I've heard business being described as like it's scarcity to abundance again and again, especially when starting out, you just feel like you're so much in scarcity Mm -hmm. and you're doing so much you're always trying to make things happen Um, and then eventually you kind of find your feet. Um, But it is that you do have to go through that, those failures mm. and those ups and downs and like oh that didn't wow. work try this oh that also didn't work let's try this mm. um find your way and oh. and what I would really turn to was a lot of um those stories you know about um and uh, the fellow who invented the light bulb that he was like oh no I've I've just find, found 99 ways of not creating a light <laughs> And things like that. So I really um, clung to stories like mm. that to help to help me through the ups and downs of you know you just be so sure this is going to work, and then it doesn't. And like what 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 do you take from that? Do you stop, or do you just go, oh, that wasn't the right door. Let's try a different door.
0: Mm. Um, That's I think such important mindset. To have definitely just that adaptability, I suppose, to welcome change and to mm-hmm. um, to pivot when things aren't going your way. I, I think, yeah, just even that <clears throat> those practical strategies that you said, just finding new ways to shop for clothes or get your hair done. I think that, um, yeah, the adaptability and learning to compromise things, mm-hmm. and what you said earlier about just hanging on to that vision I, I I want to know more about that as well in terms of your motivator for pursuing um, entrepreneurship and pursuing I guess a mm-hmm. more creative and courageous path uh, what was the thing for you that um, made you um, I suppose adaptable and willing to give up certain things you know you talked about your mm-hmm. vision but if you could extrapolate a little bit more
1: yeah yeah so my vision was really like I wanted to do um, I wanted to have fulfilling work that was fun, um, and I didn't want to be tied to nine to five. I wanted to um, do life my way, I suppose. Like I wanted to rest when I wanted to rest. I wanted to work, you know, if if I wanted to work late into the night, I wanted to be able to do that, um, and. And I think I like the challenge of, like, it's not just, like, a salary that you have. It's, like, I can increase this, like, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the more I do, the more I get, whereas if you're in a salary, I just found it really, like, if I just do more of this, like, it's the same amount. So Mm -hmm. it was a bit more fun or rigorous or something. Again, it goes back to that urgency just of, like, um, I just I saw that I wanted a um, a different way of being in the world. I wanted to create impact and I just felt it. I just felt that, like, this wasn't it. That last life um, chapter was not it. That's not where I was getting it from. But interestingly, a lot of, like, everything leads to something. So the skills that I picked up from mm. that still what like, support this and clients that I meet who are in similar Mm. roles um I can relate to them I can help them Mm. so it all kind of comes full circle so it's like nothing's for nothing um Mm. and but it was always the drive was always that that vision of I want to work that gives me fulfillment I want to do life my way I want to do time my way Mm. um and I want to be able to make what I can make, like that it re- uh, reflects my energy output.
0: So, yes. Yeah. I love what you said, nothing's for nothing. I think that's really mm-hmm. key as well because I think uh, often we, you know, after we graduate, we, we think that there's this dream job or this dream path that's going to tick all the boxes of what we want for our our lives and then mm-hmm. When we happen to find ourselves doing something that is not exactly that, we feel a sense of, you know, our failure or, or self-doubt when, as you said, all of those experiences are important because they're the building blocks to get you to where you really want to want to be.
1: It was so true. I came out of uni and I was, I was, I think I was like burnt out from like studying. I was like, whew, glad that's done. You know, like, you know, but glad that was tiring. Um, and then I remember getting into my first job, and like I was being asked to like staple things and like you know, <laughs> stuff, and I was like, seriously? Like <laughs> you mean I'm just not graduating and getting into a great job? Like, mm, yes. And um, and I, I I looking back, I'm like, oh, I was a little bratty. Like <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a very sort of um, entitled. Um, mm. I was just like oh I've studied I've studied hard and I'm tired like surely surely there's the good job that I just walk into <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't believe it when I was being asked to do dog's body stuff but again yeah nothing's for nothing mm. um and- It'd
0: give me some skills <laughs> yes and I think that's look that's like the common stereotype against us millennials and you know just younger generations in general that you know there is that mm. sort of entitled entitlement that we feel but perhaps it's the way we've been um conditioned to to believe that life would turn out you know we we were promised that getting a university degree um was a one-way ticket to a, our dream job so perhaps the realities weren't laid out to us <laughs> as you know as as real as they they could be so I totally relate to that um but yeah learning to I think earn your stripes and having to do that kind of you know menial tasks I think um once we uh, open up that expectation That even not just after school or after university, but just in life, when you're starting something new or you're you're still learning and you're still transitioning, perhaps your career, that you have to start from scratch. (laughs) You have to start from the bottom. So, learning to I guess maybe humble yourself, (laughs) humble ourselves to the fact that we don't know, we don't know everything. So, well, I would love to know more uh, about uh, your work because I think it's so. um, You would come across so many. Uh, different challenges that people face uh, when it comes to taking those leaps of faith or figuring out um, what you want to do in your life and um, if you could let me know about the kind of people you work with and um, what you know some of the different backgrounds and, and how you kind of navigate those early conversations with them
1: i i love my work in that there's such a variety of people that come my way um, i've had um, Public servants. I've had uh, photographers. I've had business mortgage brokers. Um, osteopaths. I'm currently working with an OHS fellow. Um, some small business owners. Um, I've worked with a farmer in Tasmania. That was pretty cool. Um, and although there's there's, there's a, such a you know variety of walks of life and and the different. Um, areas that they're working in the the problems are generally the same um, just that you, it's it's prioritizing it's um, looking at our tools and how they're supporting us how they're helping us get our life um, in order and what i like especially is that conversation around making choices um, in this very busy modern world of just like how much there is that we can like um digest uh, you know information wise and all that um and how much we can do so there's like so many people have many a lot of things that they want to do um like you know i want to do dancing i want to read more i want to open a business i want to do this i want to do that um And that creates a lot of overwhelm. So helping people through that overwhelm and giving them permission to like focus on two things or like, you know, if dancing is it like focus on dancing um, rather than thinking that they have to do absolutely everything that's that's come to mind. Um, Mm. because even though we do have access to all of this information, um, we don't need to do ev- like something with everything that we've come across. Mm. So, that's what I see a lot of it's it's um it's that we're not really taught how to work or how to organize life admin stuff. Mm. So, I work mm. a lot with people in organizing their work uh, space, digital and physical workspace. Uh, wow. looking at their workflow, looking at how to manage their uh information that's coming their way how how to track their tasks um how to how to get everything out of your brain because uh we've just got so much going on like how can we get everything out so that we're not stressing ourselves in um trying to hold on with to everything Mm -hmm. um putting systems in place to support us so i work a lot with people to to make another, a brain
0: extension. Yeah, Um. (laughs) I like that. And it's, it's obviously the world's changed so much and how we live and work has really evolved Mm -hmm. over the last, you know, I don't know, 20 years or whatnot with digital advancements. Um, But I I think these, as you said, these, these challenges are kind of universal and, and Mm -hmm. doesn't matter your age or your background, but what do you think are the keys strategies that to pass on to i guess young people of figuring out you know that life admin because it's i don't think it's something mm-hmm. that's top of mind so what what kind of are the things you usually lead with when you um mm-hmm. consult your clients like what are the simple things that they can do to just first make space <laughs> for thinking about mm-hmm. these things um
1: so first of all it it's making sure that you have everything tracked. If you have, like if you can envision your next week, do you have that written down? Like, do you have, oh, I'm going to the doctor on Tuesday or oh, I need to go to work um, on these days, um, especially for people doing part-time work. Um, have that written down and factor in the commute, the commuting time. Uh, so you you have the reality of actually how much time you have. So we're looking at the math of it, like so. We all have one hundred and sixty eight hours a week. One hundred and sixty eight hours a week. But how much of that is actually already gone, like already used up? Mm. Uh, so making sure that we have that all tracked and that we have have it uh, out of our mind, so that you can be like, okay, what's coming up? Because then once you get that out of your mind, then you have this this um, available headspace to think about other things that you want to progress on and that you want to um, turn your attention to. Because I have clients who, you know, they like to do work on some art or they want to study or, or whatnot, and it's an afterthought. So we need to create, uh, make those things priorities, just like everything else. Mm. So when are you? that like okay so you're getting home you're having some dinner that'll take you up to seven thirty. uh okay maybe you have an hour you have an hour to look at this like claim that hour um mm. and use it rather than you know it turns into nine o'clock and you're like oh i'm too tired and i'm just gonna go to bed now or you know um, i'm just gonna scroll and oh gosh now it's 11 p.m and now i'm feeling guilty because i'm gonna be uh going to bed late and I won't have a good night's sleep and I have to get up early so it's um taking back control so that would be my first point get everything out of Mm. your mind be clear on what you're wanting to achieve in a week and Mm. what time you have available uh and use a tool that you trust like so google calendar or you know the apple calendar or whatever it is like make it your your brain extension really Mm. put your everything in there and really trust that um i've captured everything that i have going on and my priorities Mm.
0: it's so interesting that we we're taught that to some degree at school because we need to be organized with our schedule to get to classes and our assignments but it's something that doesn't tend to bleed into real life (laughs) i think we don't prioritize you know when you were saying all that stuff then that we should be prioritizing our personal lives as much as we do our jobs or, or studies. Because, you know, as you said, reclaiming the time that we have, I think is important, but we don't know unless we write things down and we make a record of, or we see something visually, you know, even you just saying the, the maths of it, that 168 hours a week, you know, that we, that we have, like, you never think about it in that way, and I I do agree that a lot of people, a lot of us, well, I'm guilty as well, that time elapses when we're scrolling and just kind of doing mindless activities that it actually takes, um, you know, something, a a tangible act to sit down and actually map out your your week and your time. So yeah, really important. And so when it comes to, you know, actual um, achieving Um, Our goals that we set. Um, I think there's a lot of general inspiration about success and, you know, what it takes to believe in yourself and just keep going, those kind of, you know, general um, sort of um, inspirational words. But in your own experience as um, now as a business owner and and establishing yourself kind of to work with clients, what are some specific and practical lessons you've learned? That have enabled you to take action on your goals so as much as you're helping other people with with their goals for you christy what have what has worked in your journey to help you um achieve the the kind of life that you've just des- you desire
1: well i definitely walk the talk so um everything is planned out um and and i have time put aside for the different things that I'm working on. Uh, if it's not calendarized, it's not real in in my world. So like, uh, it's just like you. Know, my, my partner will laugh at me that we talk about something and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna write that in my calendar. i like, of course you are, because like, otherwise I'm just gonna forget it. And it's never gonna happen. So um, in in order to like to make my goals happen and 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 that it's. Um, yeah, writing it out, sketching it out, and breaking those them well, breaking the goal into parts and getting them into my calendar so that I can um, chip away at it. Uh, so it is very much about yeah, consistency, showing up, um, and and doing the doing the work, but also um, yeah, making sure that I've got the time put a, put aside for those goals. Mm. Making
0: sure that it's there, mm. and how do you uh, navigate the times where, when I, we talked about failure earlier, but just the little self doubts and worries that I know you know entrepreneurs mm-hmm. are facing daily. Um, there was that quote you said before. If you can remind me, the um scarcity and abundance. Oh yes,
1: well, yeah, businesses scarcity. Business is scarcity to abundance again and again and again,
0: yes exactly. Um, another great quote <laughs> from this conversation. That um, how do you navigate those times when you know fear does creep in a little bit, and mm-hmm. what do you do in those moments to kind of muster up the courage to to keep going according to the goals that you're, you've set out in your your calendar and and, and your vision boards? How do you mm-hmm. I, I guess we all wrestle with it in different ways, but um, what's that like for you?
1: Yes, great question. Um, a couple of years ago, actually, I got into menstrual cycle awareness as, a, as a, a, a woman who bleeds. That has been a phenomenal change and it's something I share with my clients about because once you can actually track your biology um, and... I can actually see when my confidence is going to be at its lowest (laughs) and I can kind of look at that and go, so yeah, there'll be days when it's like, I'm not feeling confident. There is that inner critic is louder, but understanding my hormones, I can go, ah, okay, this is kind of in line with that. Um, so this is to be expected. So that inner talk is much different to years ago when I didn't have that knowledge. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, even for those who don't bleed, knowing yourself and and kind of observing yourself, like what's happening in my environment? What's happening? Um, did I not have good sleep last night? Did I have too much alcohol? Did I not go running? Why is today more of a like a down day compared mm. to the other days? So observing yourself, are you not doing work at um, uh, at a time that suits you best compared to other times? So really getting to know um, what works for you and what doesn't. I mm. think supports that that yeah, that inner critic and that stuff that just can flare up and really throw you off course. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the menstrual cycle awareness has been huge for me in realising my confidence and looking at that. And um, I love, yeah, reading and researching personal development, so I got really into, um, like, understanding about high high sensitivity, looking at introversion versus extroversion Mm -hmm. and, and kind of, like, Really understanding all of that. So um I have a few tools and a few rituals that when I'm having down days that I can turn to. Um and sometimes it's simply it's as simple as it's time for a nap, or like mm. <laughs> um, or I need to stop and journal, or um, you know, and I know I've been talking about calendaring a lot of things, but um, even with planning stuff out you put in buffering time in that and you're like today's not the day it's not happening Mm. i know i've got a week like a week weeks buffer here so i'm going to move this to into in like well i'm going to shuffle things down so they still fit but i'm allowing for this human moment of just needing to stop Mm. so allowing that space and um yeah and that's been one of the biggest takeaways for me with menstrual cycle awareness has just been like i don't have like i knew i didn't have to be on all the time and i knew i couldn't be on all the time but that awareness really supported that Mm. and has helped with confidence and um just awareness of that at the end of the day we're all just animals (laughs) very (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, an <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so true about um yeah educating yourself about your own body and and not not just your body but that holistic sense of body mind and soul you know knowing the inner workings of who you are i think i, I suppose there's um a move towards that you know with the wellness movement and people just yeah being more aware of the, the kind of personalities you mentioned before about being an introvert or extrovert that kind of thing I think it really does um enable you to figure out what works for you so I definitely think that's a great um a great uh piece of advice for for young people because we um it's not something that comes naturally sometimes like we we're we're so busy with things with with life and now with you know social media and all these other distractions that knowing how we're feeling you know, yeah. taking the time to, to reflect and even just think. I find that, you know, we, we're in a culture where that's not um, encouraged much <laughs> because even when we wait in line for things, we have to, we have this need to be on our phone or, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to have that dopamine hit some, somehow, that instant gratification. So I, I really like this mm-hmm. idea of consciously thinking about how you feel. And what your body's telling you and you know the, the the ebbs and flows of it and 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 you said before to um knowing that you don't have to be on all the time again the culture of business and um productivity tends to tends to pressure us too you know so um i guess that uh is very uh, pertinent to you as a business owner as well i i feel that way in entrepreneurship that there's this need to always be doing <laughs> so how do you mm. um how do you set up your days i suppose I, i'm curious about you know what's the ideal day for you how do you i still have you know that uh, future f- forward thought about how you want to take your business but then also mm. finding joy in just the moment that you have right now mm. oh
1: that's lovely uh, my ideal day i i like a mixture of um, some some deep focused work and meetings or meetings or client work. So um, it, it's interesting, even even in winter. So I kind of change my schedule, winter and summer. So winter at the moment, uh, wow. getting up, just having a really slow morning and enjoying a coffee. Um, and I do my exercise in the afternoon, whereas in the summer I like to switch that up. And I just, um, being in the dark, mm. yeah, I don't like it. So <laughs> I switch that up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, slow morning, get into work. I like starting work at about 10, um, having um, a, yeah, some time to do some writing and some uh I'm better in the morning for that stuff. And then I like the, the client work from about um, just after lunch, about 12.31. Um, yeah, and, and then just that mixture of having some time to, to progress uh, a project or, um, or a new offer and then to connect with clients in the afternoon and then wrap up and... Um, see my partner exercise and um or some friends and yeah that's sort of my ideal day of that balance of a bit of progression on something but then mm. also some like yeah helping others and and the client work reminds me as to yeah why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm.
0: And do you feel you've yeah. come to a point where you're um you're you're confident in how you've set up your your days because i know that you know i myself have felt pressure of still trying to align with that nine to five typical work schedule like do you feel now that you're at a point where you're confident in um how you run your business without having to compare yourself
1: i think it's um i think the comparison trap is always going to be there unfortunately Mm. um You know you've caught me on a day when i'm feeling quite like confident and comfortable in my um the way that i've set things up but you know next week could be totally different where i'm like oh i should be doing more Um, and then i'm also and then i'll be coaching myself to like Mm. um, do it your way and you know and 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 saying all of that stuff to myself so that even ebbs and flows that sometimes i'm like on a roll and very grateful for the good times and then other times it's um yeah you feel like yeah you, you know that you know that game snakes and ladders
0: yes <laughs> yes yeah, like you feel like oh
1: have climbed a, i've climbed a ladder and then the next thing oh gosh now i'm back down yeah. the snake and yeah, yeah. it's just that
0: well that's another great analogy and I think speaks to, you know, this, you know, idea of courage that we we have to expect those downtimes where we we kind of fall, you know? And then there are those climbs and then those are the descents that's part of it. So I'm going to throw now to one of the big questions. So I'll give you some time to think about it. But Christy, for you, how do you define courage? So given everything that we've spoken about, given your own uh, entrepreneurial journey, what does courage look like to you?
1: I think trying, just trying. You know, I have so many people in my circle who say like, oh, I wish I could do that or I wish I could start my own business. Or, Oh, you're you're so brave or, you know, that that sort of thing. And it's like just trying, just trying impresses people, I think. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's just the courage to, like, admit that, oh, this isn't what I really want to do. Okay, let's try to do what I want to do. So, like, you know, if if it came to it that I had to revert to a um, traditional job that um, wasn't quite up my alley, at least I had always had this experience. Mm. At least I I gave it a shot, you know. Um, rather than if I was still sitting in my cubicle in Canberra and thinking, <laughs> "Oh, I really should do that," or you know, like, "Oh, this is really killing me. I should do something different." Mm. At least I tried. So I think courage. Yeah, it's about trying. It's about mm. um, making, I don't know, making the effort, making the yeah. giving yourself the best shot for happiness. I think
0: mm. that's courage. I love that and mm-hmm. I, as you know I've seen like a theme in our chat is that uh responding to those the the call like listening to mm-hmm. the signs that are kind of around you whether it's people saying you know picking you know recognizing gifts that you have or your inner your um understanding your own wants and needs you know just being receptive to those and then taking yeah. action on action on it I think you know your um, yeah, those are, I think, important things. Yeah, just giving it a go, as simple as as it is. But you'll never know, right, <laughs> if you don't just, just take that leap of faith. Yeah, so I think that's wonderful. And um, if you haven't noticed already, I love a metaphor and an analogy. <laughs> I'm a bit of a nerd that way. But another question and one of the final ones I have for you today is, what do you think if, if we think about courage as being your main course so your main meal right plate of courage what do you think is a good side dish or what pairs well with courage whether, whether it's a another virtue or trait habit skill mindset whatever it is what do you believe best complements your plate of courage Ooh. You can have a few side dishes. You could have a beverage. Just (laughs) are there other, other, you know, (laughs) um, attributes that I think if we harness and we learn to tap into will will help guide us um, along the way?
1: Yeah. I think curiosity,
0: definitely Mm. curiosity. I love that. Being
1: curious in everything, like everything that's presented to you, where could this lead me? What's the message? Um, Yeah, so curiosity, very good side dish.
0: Love it. Um,
1: (laughs) And oh, now I really want to think of a beverage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think curiosity. Yeah, plate of courage with a side of curiosity. I love it. That is what um, opens you up in terms of, you know, learning and that whole personal development thing that you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. It's just leaning into that and just giving it a go, trying, trying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there anything else along those lines about building courage and uh, working hard and, and believing in your vision? On your road to what success looks like, that that you'd like to share with with people listening, and maybe perhaps particularly young people who might be uh, curious about non conventional pathways like entrepreneurship or any other creative um, sort of venture that doesn't really have a defined path. You know what 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 else would you like to share with with them?
1: Well, I always thought. With, with with my own business, that like, well, no one says to accountants like, oh, we've got too many of you. Like, we're not, you know, <laughs> like, you know, True. well, no one, no one, no one stops the coffee shop owner, especially in Melbourne, from Like, oh, we've got too many coffee. Um, <laughs> like, we're done. Thanks. Um, so, it you might look around, especially at the start, and think, oh, it's already being done. Or oh, I can't. You know, it's already being done. What can I bring? But yeah, you're just you're a different flavor. You're you're a different um, take on it. So just do it. Um, yeah, you're. I always think that in my low days, like, well, no one's no one's telling the accountant or the lawyer that <laughs> we've got too many of you. So yeah, like it might not. Yeah, my work's not as. Um, conventional, but yeah, there's, there's space for it. There's, um, mm. yeah, there's space for us all. So
0: yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. and that's so true because we, um, there are so many similar, I suppose, whether it's, you know, uh, people doing certain work or even companies, brands that is in the similar pocket. You know whether it's a clothing brand but we're all coexisting right there's a need there's a need for everything so that's so true that's so true thank you for that christy um i'd like to just i guess take this moment just to acknowledge you for for a minute to thank you not only for uh participating in you know this podcast and and offering all of your insights and wisdom but just for generally being a person that displays courage you know, I, since we met, I would say oh, a few years ago, maybe five, six years ago, I can't recall exactly, but even just having this um, confident spirit, I think you've got this quiet, confident spirit um, in, in you. I think that's why we we connected at that event and you were just so easy to talk to. Um, you've got such a calm and, and nurturing nature and I, I always find our um, walking away from our conversations just really thinking you make me think about things and i think in your um in your own uh work and your this wonderful business that you've started you display a a courage that I, i admire to be able to put yourself out there and make make your videos on youtube and linkedin i feel like you know i'm i'm working myself up to get to that point so i i really um look to you as someone that um, displays that courage. So thank you for being uh, that person for me. Um, and you've always just got a such a positive attitude to, to things. Um, and and in, a, in a way that isn't overwhelming, but just, I can, I can feel it in you when we chat and I'm sure the listeners will find that this, this general um, optimistic nature that you have. So thank you for, um, sharing, sharing uh, your story with us. Um, and, and, i'd like to throw to you now is there any um uh, project that you're working on that you'd like to share or where where can people connect with you and find you online
1: well i am on www.floorandorder.com so it's f-l-o-r-a-n-d-o-r <laughs> <laughs> com. Um, uh, my website i've got the blog posts up there and um, and on instagram as well I'm, I'm big on instagram but yeah uh happy to chat with people i do like tailored coaching sessions with people so i open to discussing whatever people might need really but um thank you so much for that lovely segment and and <laughs> Um, you're you're so sweet so thank you so much that was really
0: really made my heart feel full well christy flora it's been a pleasure